Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. Both of us are pining over Alabama's, you know, um, I can't believe they, it seems like they just weren't prepared. Nick for Saban team? Just, seems How like they dare weren't. you? Well, see, here's the thing. Offensively, their ceiling is lower than Clemson's is or was because the season's over. Clemson has more playmakers on their team from the wide receiver position than Alabama did or does. I don't know if I necessarily agree well, with that. I I would have never thought that we were going to live in a world, and I guess it's happened now two out of three last uh, last couple of years, that Dabo Sweeney actually out X and O's yeah. Nick Saban and his staff. Maybe that's that's a testament or indictment on all the, the changeover that uh, Saban endures each and every season. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, it's – and we'll we're, listen, we're, this is a Cardinals podcast. We're going to pivot this towards Quinn and Williams' interior lineman and Jonah Williams' offensive tackle for Alabama and how they are both potential targets for the Cardinals at the top of the draft next season. It, It's interesting. Did I mean, even Tua is going to have to have a pretty stellar junior season to make up for last night's dud, right? I yeah. mean, if you look at the numbers overall, not too bad, right. the two touchdowns. But the two crucial interceptions, yeah. I mean, those were game changers. Well, and one was pretty much right when the game started. The pick sixes, those are inexcusable. That was an awful pass. Mm-hmm. It's not like the defender botched it and or, or tipped it and and, and uh, defender just walked right into it. That was a – he threw the ball to the de- defensive back and the defensive back ran it back, saw all green into pay dirt. And I was I was blown away from last night. It's yeah, like, it was- wait, wait, is this – because, okay, fine, they're down 20 to half, whatever. Alabama's going to defensive touchdown, and then they're going to come back and win. Oh, and then Clef- the fake? Oh, my goodness To gracious. open up the second half? I Dabo. mean, what What the hell happened? I, it just... I did not expect it to be a route in, in, in that direction. Wait. I just did not expect the game to be in hand late in the third quarter with Clemson just rolling. And Trevor Lawrence just taking hits like a man-child. I mean, was Trevor Lawrence like... 18 years ago, did they create him in a lab as the the perfect quarterback yeah, seemingly. prospect? <laughs> seemingly. I mean, and now because we're so quick to jump to say, oh, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen. Small samples, like, greatest thing we've ever seen. They're saying that he could be the most, the, the greatest college prospect ever coming out of the, coming into the draft in three years. Oh, my God. Come I mean, on, dude. I, hyperbole is, it's it, king right now. It's a beautiful thing. I How mean, about, was, was I was I out of line sitting there watching the game with my wife, my father-in-law, a former Division One football player? Knows his, knows, his, knows his crap. But was I out of line saying that I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence's girlfriend at this point? Because <laughs> yeah. he's, I mean, his big man on campus yeah, yeah. status is oh, just. Yeah. It's I mean, never going to be higher than right now. I mean, I mean not that it was, it, it was falling short before, but. Yeah. My God. I mean, it probably is going to expand to the entire ACC. Yeah, seemingly. And uh, entire Atlantic like, Coast. And sunshine, uh, sunshine uh, comparisons aside. It's fair. You know, remember the Titans was my favorite sport. I think he's a better movie, passer so. than Sunshine. He's not left handed either. We got ourselves a quarterback. <laughs> so, anyways, Quinn Williams, Jonah Williams, defensive tackle, offensive lineman, uh, respectively, for, uh, you know, the prospects for the Cardinals for next season, for the draft. Depends on the defensive coordinator choice. If they're going to switch back to a 3-4, if they do, Jonah Williams seems to be the guy, if not Ed Oliver, but Ed Oliver seems to have dropped as of late. But do you go Do you go Quinn and Williams 1-1? Do you take him first overall in the draft? No, this would be where you trade back and then get him at 5 or 6. And that's just, for me, that's where it's, it's tough. I mean, the first time that you have the number one overall pick 
since the franchise moved to the Phoenix area. That that's just tough for me. I but mean, the Phoenix Suns different. were 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 staring down that 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 scenario mm-hmm. while they held the number one pick for the first time in franchise history, fifty years. Phoenix Suns basketball, and they get the number one pick. I mean, before the Suns got it, none of the franchises had it. I mean, outside of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was it was not it was it was one of those nice little consolation prizes that. B- with all the losing that these franchises have provided this poor, poor town and market that you finally got to talk about, we get the pick of the litter. And they right. got DeAndre Ayton. You can argue, you know, should they have gone Luka Doncic? And then you're going to have – it. there's no clear-cut guy, I feel like, in this NFL draft. Dwayne yeah. Haskins officially, he, uh, he, he declared yesterday, is Dwayne Haskins going to be the guy that the Cardinals could potentially trade, as I like to say, for a king's ransom, can mm-hmm. they pull off the Indianapolis Colts? What they did with the New York Jets last year, where they were holding the number two overall pick, they trade back to six. They select an offensive lineman, an absolute mauler that has transformed their offensive line in, uh, in Quentin Nelson. Can the Cardinals do that? I mean, that's the blueprint, right? right. But can they do that? The Steve Kime, do we trust him to pull off not only that trade, but also to take care of those picks and turn them into ballers? Yeah, I mean it's 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 gonna be an interesting dynamic moving into the draft, and and it's so I understand your point that with the number one overall pick, you can choose whoever you want. Obviously, that's not a, not a profound thing to say. When you move back, maybe a team ahead of you takes the guy you want. Like I get it. That's a calculated risk you take by taking. And, and I've been calling it this when on the playground, one captain gets the first pick. Second captain gets second and two. That's just what it is. You get the best player or you get two B-plus players. I think in this situation, you take your chances because you have so many holes to fill. It doesn't matter who's there at five or six because Dwayne Haskins came out and said he'd love to play for the Giants. Came out and said that. So the Giants are listening. They They will give away the future to win now because Saquon Barkley only has, what, he has three more years and then Odo Beckham, they want to reward themselves for paying Odo Beckham that much money to maybe get a quarterback to change for the future. Because Davis Webb's not going to be the guy, their backup quarterback right now. So Or Kyle Laletta. Kyle Laletta. Yeah. I just don't think any announcer wants to say Laletta any more than they have to. Laletta is a guy coming from a small school in Richmond. Yeah. He's a guy that didn't even vie for any reps this season, much like Davis Webb the previous season. When they finally benched Eli in 2017, it wasn't for Davis Webb out of Cal. It was for uh, it was for Geno Smith. Oh, that's right. It wasn't even for Davis Webb. So they have they've swung and they've missed. I mean, you got to give them at least an an A for effort for going and, and drafting quarterbacks in late rounds. Unlike the Arizona Cardinals, who hadn't done it since uh, Logan Thomas, who's now a tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Jesus, yeah. I mean, it's they haven't done it since what two thousand one when they drafted Eli or two thousand two, whatever you that 2004. was. Two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah. So you have. This is what the Cardinals wanted. This is the most important part of having the number one overall pick. It's not drafting who you want. It's having the most power to do whatever you want. Right. You have all the options. People will be coming to you, knocking on your door, and the only thing the Cardinals can't do is be too greedy because if the Giants move up to, say, two or three, we know Oakland's trying to acquire as many picks as they can. If the Cardinals ask for too much, everybody knows the Cardinals aren't going to draft a quarterback. So, really, they need to get up to two. That's what... Other teams need to do, and what you need is Jacksonville and New York to get into some sort of bidding war to, for Dwayne Haskins to move up and get him and have the Cardinals be the sole beneficiary. 
or the Cardinals will just draft Nick Bosa or whoever. You, or whoever. There's just a little bit smaller margin for error when you only draft one guy at number one overall instead of moving down. I mean, but he is a playmaker. He, he's a game changer. That, that's what you're assuming when you select a guy like Nick Bosa, yeah. number one overall. You feel like he's going to be the next Miles Garrett. Right. And hopefully not Jadavian Clowney. Right. You know, but the injury history is already there, as you pointed out. So there, there's absolute risk there. We've seen it even from with his brother, with the Los Angeles Chargers, a guy who has had a tough time staying on the field. Um, but w- the one thing I do like about the Bosa family, especially when you're looking at it from a professional football organization, not necessarily a college football program, is that that's what they want to do. They want to play football. They want to make a lot of money. In order to do that, they have to be successful. Right. And I, and I think that you let Marcus Golden walk, right? And you select Nick Bosa. You pair him with Chandler Jones, and you've got almost you've got a Denver Broncos mm-hmm. pass rush you like they had with Von Miller and and uh, Bradley Chubb. What did that do for the Broncos last year, though? I mean, they obviously had a ceiling with their quarterback play, but you you have to assume that the guy that you picked last year is the guy, Josh Rosen, who we're going to talk about, I think, in the next segment. His uh, his exploits on social media last night, but if you if you are uh, you you have to have the confidence that Josh Rosen's the guy, and Josh Rosen is going to take the massive steps that we saw a lot of second year quarterbacks make. This past season, I mean, even when you just look at Patrick Mahomes, he's in the postseason this year. Mitchell Trubisky was in the in the postseason this year. Uh, who else was in that draft class? Uh, and Deshaun Watson, all three of those guys in yeah. that first round class were in the postseason this year. Yeah, you know, was it whether it was Watson who was come back from the ACL injury, Mahomes just didn't get to play his first right. year, and then Mitchell Trubisky was a lot like Rosen is now, where he just really wasn't very impressive his rookie year. So it's going to be interesting, but he's your ride or die. And uh, there's so many interesting things that they could do. Uh, When you look at uh, some of the things like Pittsburgh and what's surrounding Antonio Brown, I want to get into this. Is Antonio Brown, is the juice worth the squeeze there? We we definitely maybe get into it. Maybe this podcast, if we have enough time, uh, but certainly – um, if not, we'll get into it tomorrow. But the NFL players playoffs certainly here, and it's time to get the action going with my bookie. I'm going to be chasing it this weekend because I was over Bama, all over Bama at minus four and a half last night. So I'm going to have to make up some ground on Saturday and Sunday. And don't be the guy without rooting interest as your relatives, your friends sit around watching the games. Not this year when the 53rd Super Bowl is around the corner. It's really the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet on, where you bet is just as important as what you're betting on. If you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go to MyBookie. So bowl season's done. You got the NFL playoffs. I trust them. Alex trusts them, but you don't have to just take our word for it. Check them out yourself. Join my bookie. They'll offer you a 50% deposit bonus when you make, make to make sure you have a nice bankroll for the NFL playoffs. Use promo code LOCKDOWN25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKDOWN25. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back, LOCKDOWN Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. We're talking a little bit about game last night and the direct correlation between that game and the Arizona Cardinals and their future of the 2019 draft, what they should do, I'm telling you, we're going to break down the draft so much, you're going to be, you know, hearing draft stuff come out of your nose. 
because uh, usually it goes into your ears when you listen. So Got it. that's a little anatomy um, lesson. So Josh Rosen came out on uh, Twitter last night, bashed <laughs> the Imagine Dragons, the halftime performers. I don't, you know, I was watching the game at a bar. I was watching it on mute, so I wasn't as appalled by the halftime performance as Josh oh, Rosen was. Brutal. The funny, the funny thing about this was, uh, Josh Rosen asked how much these guys got paid. Yeah, here's the tweet verbatim. I wonder. Do I have to quote? I don't know. Quote. Quote. I wonder how much Imagine Dragons is getting paid for this CFP halftime performance. Ellipsis. <laughs> Hashtag amateurs. <laughs> And then if End you, quote. If you follow, if, if you are so bold and you look into the replies, it is, it's pretty funny, especially considering the rookie season that Josh Rosen yeah. had and performance he put forth. Um, I, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a kind of a pot kettle situation with Josh <laughs> Rosen, but I get it. I mean, we were making dinner last night, so you, you actually have time to break away from the television set and you hear what sounds like a cat being stepped on. <laughs> and from what, I mean, many people I've talked to, friends who have seen Imagine Dragons, they will stand by their band. Um, I, I'm i not too pr- proud to say, I, I enjoy some of their tunes, right? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what their songs are. it sounded terrible. Yeah. It just sounded awful. They were an easy, they were an easy foil last night. I appreciate Josh Rosen going after, but I also like, I just like the social media and the trolls who came oh, yeah. out and had well, some fun with that, as they should have. There's a couple different schools of thought with this. One, because Josh Rosen's a very cerebral guy. He know what he put out there. Unless he was hammered and he, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what his social uh, I don't you know, know. escapades are. I don't think he so, knew that. Here, two things. One, he knew when he was trying to be funny. Sure. Okay, that's one. He's like, you know what? Make fun of me, whatever. I don't think he anticipated that. But this is, maybe not, but this is what I think it is. And this is Josh Rosen. This is what we've seen from Josh Rosen. He's like, you know what? I don't care how much I I got paid last year. I didn't need the money. Like that, where it's like, I'm the rich kid. I played tennis. I played golf. I chose to play football. You know what? I don't care how much you paid me last year. I didn't need the money. My family's rich. I just don't think that Josh Rosen thought of what the repercussions were going to be. He, he thinks of thought, everything. He just, no, he doesn't. He he he's twenty one. Yeah. If you if you if you look past the the main thing at twenty one, you are wiser beyond yours. And that's that's what a lot of people want to say about Josh Rosen. But his play on the field, the way sometimes he conducts himself, I don't necessarily believe it. He's still young. He's still somebody that, that's learning everything. He doesn't know as much about the world as he thinks he does. I thought he just thought he had this good zing. He put it out there on social media, and he didn't realize that he was going to be the butt of the joke. He at the knows end of the day. he was in his body last year playing the game. No, he knows he just, how bad he was. Josh Rosen just threw another pick six. That was <laughs> yeah, another. Know. That was the social media equivalent <laughs> of the pick six. He's like, I'm going to throw out the zinger, yeah. and little did he know that the trolls were sitting there. He had ready for his pass. I don't he think he did. You're giving him too much. So that was to his first pass of of the national championship game, where it just went pick six. <laughs> yeah, he just went it's like, pick well, six. can I have that one back? No way did he not know. More to kind of uh, with Josh Rosen as far as the national championship game, and we were talking about this last week, and I kind of teased it, and I don't think I ever paid it off, was when you look at the quarterbacks in that game, and we talked about Trevor Lawrence a little bit, true freshman, so he's not going to be eligible for the NFL draft for at least two more seasons. Um, And at the end of the thing, I don't even think he was thinking about it, but he said, uh, I'm looking forward to three more national championships. Yeah. So that would mean he plays his entire tenure at Clemson, his entire eligibility. But Trevor Lawrence, 
you can count that he's going to be coming out yeah. two more seasons, two uh, after next season. If Josh Rosen throws up another season like he did this past one, if he doesn't make that that sophomore leap like we've seen with a lot of these quarterbacks, to Jared Goffs, the Mitchell Trubisky's, the Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, the list goes on. It's, it's deeper than lately than some of the duds like the Paxton Lynches of the world. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, you already have to start eyeing some of these guys. You already have to start saying, well, what can we do to put ourselves in a position to get one of the stellar prospects coming out in the 2020-21 class? I just don't – But it seems like people talk out of both sides of their mouth there. And, and I'm not saying you specifically, but for this example, you're saying he's 21 years old, and you're also saying that he's never played in the NFL before, and then now you're saying two years and we're, we're going to cut bait. Sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer to learn the game. But you don't have the luxury of that any longer. When you well, it depends on their offseason. Like, yes, Josh Rosen, like, it's hard for us to look at how he's going to play next year any different with the team is currently constructed because they haven't done the offseason yet. They haven't done the draft. We, this team is going to look very different, hopefully, sure. going into next season. So no, he hopefully will be saying, set up for more success. Yeah, I, hey, I'm not saying that Josh Rosen is going to come back and, and deliver another dud. I'm just saying, if he yeah. does, that's the, they're gonna have to keep their eyes open for sure. Absolutely, it, they have to have better foresight down the road than they did before. You can't have another off season where you have an empty quarterback room. You just can't. That's right. just not planning for the most important position in all of sports. That's just terrible. And then to go out there and panic, panic, sign Sam Bradford, which is arguably the worst signing in <laughs> franchise history. Yeah. So I, I just think that there needs next year. Unfortunately, things have just accelerated in pro sports even more so than before. You thought it was crazy before. Now it's even crazier. We just had a one-and-done head coach here. I mean, the the leash is, is getting even shorter for quarterbacks, for coaches, for coordinators. It's a what have you done for me lately? And I think Josh Rosen can't really hang his hat on a resume in his amateur career, hashtag amateurs, hashtag amateur. as far as how he performed at UCLA. I mean, what did he do at UCLA? It's not Baker Mayfield where Texas he can say, I've got a Heisman Trophy or Lamar Jackson where I've got a Heisman Trophy or Sam Darnold. It's like he's coming out of USC and, the, and they were playing in a Rose Bowl. It was his week one, Texas A&M down 28 points going to the fourth quarter, coming back and win. I know. Just like his fourth quarter performance. I, I thought he made some quarter, uh, against the Niners, but no. I thought he made some decent throws against the Seahawks in the, in the regular yeah. season finale. But uh, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how things play out. I'm just saying... Um, next year is important. It's going to be huge, especially if what the reports are that the Arizona Cardinals, according to Ian Rappaport, are interviewing former Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Um, you know, the current USC OC, we, we believe he's still the current USC OC, but he's, he's, he's interviewing for the vacant head coaching job today. He uh, was, I guess, impressive with the Jets yesterday. And... We're, we're seeing reports out there. Schefter tweeted out yesterday that uh, Cliff Kingsbury, there's strong mutual interest between the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. We'll talk about that next, Locked on Cardinals. Wrapping up here, Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Listen to us both on Fox Sports 910 Phoenix. Me, 1-4 to four on the Freaks, and Bo, 4-7 to seven on the drive. Cliff with a K is coming to the Valley. What the hell is going on? I mean, that's pretty much thought process of any rational human being at this point with Cliff Kingsbury, former Texas Tech head coach. Yes, he coached Patrick Mahomes in college. Skiddly do. This is like 
hid the anchor for his argument for being a head coach in the NFL, and I just don't get it. Even when Bruce Arians was the head coach of this team, I want to say it was after uh, after they felt horrendously short of Super Bowl expectations, when they seemed to be the consensus pick of the national media to make a run to the Super Bowl after their 2015 NFC Championship. 6-9-1. and one. They No, they went 7-8-1. Seven, 7-8-1. Eight, one. Seven, eight, one. There in Bruce Arians, we had all the reports of his health scares, mm-hmm. and uh, we find out that he actually had a little, he had cancerous part removed from his kidney, and Bruce Arians, his, his health was dwindling. It wasn't good. So there was a report out of Washington D.C. from former Car- uh, Redskins tight end Chris Cooley that Steve Keim wanted Sean McVay to be the next Cardinals head coach. Oh, really? And he was willing to go after him, but they ended up. Keeping Arians for another year, it, used to, it ended up being his final season mm-hmm. as Cardinals head coach. Huh. But Steve Kime loved Sean McVay. And I can kind of see Steve Kime falling in love with a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, who's cut kind of from a similar cloth. Not, right. not the exact. I don't think anybody, you have to keep in mind that Sean McVay's don't grow on trees out, around the NFL. I mean, he, he comes from a pedigree that, that runs deep in the NFL as far as. Uh, building teams, um, it, his grandfather, his father were both involved in the NFL. Y- you hear his post, his pregame press conferences. He's a prodigy. Cliff Kingsbury is very impressive, but still, it's it's like it's it's not even Sean McVay light. Right. I mean, it, it's very far away. But I don't, I don't know. It 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 intrigues me. Of course. Because it's interesting. Yeah. But it, as far for as, another team, it's a huge. <laughs> It's a huge, huge risk. It's the biggest overcorrection of this of this situation. And I'm sorry, I continue to beat into the head the term overcorrection from Steve Wilkes. Cliff Kingsbury is the furthest most thing from Steve Wilkes. And that's what they're looking for. Aside from the experience, it's similar. I right. mean, Steve Wilkes yeah, right, was, right. was a first-year defensive coordinator. Strengths, and, I should say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Skill set. Offense. Offensive-minded. So... Giving that, say you go okay. Let's 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 create the hypothetical Cliff Kingsbury Arizona Cardinals next head coach scenario. Let's live in that world. It's scary, right? It's a good looking world. It, it is. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean those are those are not uh, those are not photoshopped abs. No. <laughs> I, I don't think that guy's had a carb since two thousand four. Uh, Seriously, punch me in the chest. Punch me in the stomach. As far as Cliff King, so you've got Cliff Kingsbury. There's your offensive head mind genius, right? Yeah. So do you go offense with the number one pick, or do you, or do you, do you start to err on the side of okay, we need to tool this defense up even more. This yeah. defense needs to be. So we need Cliff Kingsbury. We need his uh, whoever's going to be his offensive coordinator. We'll throw up the air quotes just as much as. McVeigh and Matt Nagy yeah, have yeah. offensive coordinators, but then you, we've you've talked about it. I've talked about it. Jody Ayler's talked about it. I'm sure you guys talked about it at nauseum on the freaks. You need that DC. You need that defensive coordinator. It's a pretty impressive list. Obviously, we can scratch Steve Wilkes off that list. <laughs> yeah. uh, Vance Joseph is out there. Todd Bowles is out there. Chuck Pagano is out there. Greg Williams is out there, so the, the list is pretty. Long. What you need is a guy that has head coaching experience to be your DC. Doesn't so matter how who, good. Who, who do you like? I mean, any any name from that list, any guy that has experience calling plays on the defensive side, has head coaching experience. Again, look at the look at the Chargers. Gus Bradley, way below average head coach, uh, with with Jacksonville, and K 
Ken Wisenhunt made a Super Bowl, but other than that, as a head coach, not great. But as coordinators, they're fantastic. So something like that, if you're going to bring in a baby that's mm-hmm. never been in the NFL before, you need to side him with two head coaches, former head coaches in the NFL. You just do. It's 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 not like one that fizzled out like Mike McCoy in right. San Diego. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at Wade Phillips with the Rams. Those are the two connections I make. The Chargers coordinators and Wade Phillips for Sean McVay. You need old school dudes with the new school guys to fuse together a play calling um, set that the teams other teams haven't seen before. So that being said, of the names, who do I like? I, I'll I don't tell know. You, I like two of these guys. Well, listen, if you're gonna draft, if you're gonna draft Nick Bosa, then Vance Joseph's your guy. I, I disagree. He's dealt. He's dealt with that with 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 Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Two of the it's it's one of the best pressuring teams in the league last year. But Wade Phillips was the guy before even Vance Joseph showed up. You can argue that those that Von Miller's declined a little bit since Gary Kubek and Wade Phillips left that organization. Well, the offense has gotten worse since Peyton Manning's gone too. It's it's interesting. I actually the two names I like is is Todd Bowles. Okay. To come back, even though he, we're now argue, we're now competing with Bruce we'll Arians see, Bruce in Tampa Arians Bay. If is, he takes the job, Bruce Arians has been trying to bump up his boy Chuck Pagano. Maybe he brings Chuck Pagano in as the, his DC as his the incumbent. Is, or I mean, as far as his successor too mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay, yeah, because that's that's his, that seems to be his master plan. Yeah, he could he could very well bring Todd Bowles down there. But Todd Bowles, I think, is a little bit more available today than we thought yesterday. Okay, and then uh, I. I it's gonna. It would be entertaining. I think he's a complete psychopath, but Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Yeah, I think Greg well, he's Williams would be great. He's shown. You know what? And maybe they'll uh, start playing better if he starts paying people to <laughs> knock people out again, because he's never done that before. We'll talk about this more and more as the week goes on. Cliff Kingsbury. It's reported that he is in. Will be in Phoenix today for an interview. We don't know what the hell is going to happen, but don't be surprised if the first thing out of my mouth tomorrow is. Cliff Kingsbury is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk to you about it more tomorrow on Locked on Cardinals. See you then.